So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Whoa, wrong side of the screen here, folks. Welcome back to DTFF. Uh, we are ecstatic to be here on this Tuesday evening for you. Uh, we've got a great show again for you, continuing our end of the season kind of recap here, reviewing position by position, talking wide receivers this week. So, Jake, my co-host, yes. how are you yes, doing this yes. evening? I'm, do- I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Are you? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm I don't know why. I don't know why I had to say it like that. I'm, I'm doing surprisingly well. I've been up since three fifteen this morning for some reason. So, uh, but like a true fantasy football professional that I am, I am here. I'm doing the show like a hero. We're, we're, that's right. It's it's not the hero you need. It's the hero you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> ah, did you just compare yourself to Batman with that quote? Is that what went down just now? Well, all I'll say is you've never seen both of us in the same room at the same time. So that's factual. That's, You're just saying facts. facts. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we, we're going to have a fun show tonight. Uh, might be a little bit shorter. We'll see. We're not doing any sort of DFS action this week, unfortunately, because there is no game. Uh, Pro Bowl is not going to get our DFS attention. No. Let's put it that way. No, absolutely not. The only thing I'm going to tune in for the Pro Bowl maybe is, is the competitions they do, like the hands competition and the dodgeball game, uh, yeah. stuff like that. Like, like I don't care about the game itself. That they should just do a skills competition for the entire Pro Bowl weekend, and that's absolutely. all it should be is just just skills day, and, and and that would be great. Yeah, and like add some more intense competitions into the mix, and then I'd be on board. Like if they did like you know competitive rock climbing. Where like dudes are chucking footballs at them as they're trying Ooh, to climb. I like that. You know, like let's get a little creative here, NFL. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, get rid of the Pro Bowl, the game itself, because that's complete garbage and it has been well, for 20 years now at least. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't call it a game, and they keep calling it a game. And I think if if it's gonna be all cards on the table, they should just call it like Pro Bowl walkthrough. You know, that that's would right. be more apt. Yeah, or you get to see all your favorite stars in, in the same field at the same time, and that's all it is. <laughs> just loud, just yeah, kind of hanging out. <laughs> that's basically all it is. Zero defense, and the offenses run wild because nobody's hitting. So it's that's it's true. a garbage game. You know what's unfortunate is we are not going to get to see Tom Brady in this year's Pro Bowl. Smooth is that transition. Because he retired. Officially. Uh, officially. Adam Schefter broke the news like two days ago, three days ago. And then Tom Brady was like, well, I haven't really officially decided yet. And then he came out today and was like, yeah, I'm doing it. Which is just dumb. It's okay. I can understand. You know, he wants to go out on his terms. He should be the one that announces it. I, I understand that a man of his career or, you know, any player, if they want to retire, they should be able to make the announcement themselves without getting scooped yes. on. So I understand that piece of it. But also to be like, well, I don't know. I haven't made a final. You know, you did like just. But he wanted to bag. create a little bit of distance from it, a little bit of space from the break of it to be mm-hmm. able to say, like, maybe cause some speculation and turmoil and probably just to make Adam Schefter squirm, if I'm being honest. Probably than anything else. Yeah. Which is fine. I I respect that. I think more than anything else that Tom Brady's done, I respect the hell out of that. 
but we do have to talk about it because it's huge. Not mm-hmm. maybe not for his fantasy aspects because people were already debating about whether this was going to happen and or whether he'd ultimately hit a cliff and all that stuff right and we talked about him in our qb review and what mm-hmm. we would think of him next year and i mean we were still interested in him as a fantasy asset but for the rest of the bucks now because this could be like a whole chain of dominoes right because antonio brown is already gone, gone obviously as we've discussed but mm-hmm. if tom brady's gone how many dudes do they try to re-sign and bring back because Dustin, I looked at how many pending free agents they have on mm-hmm. the Bucks team, and he's it's everybody. It the only players under contract for 2022. Here they are. Are you ready for this? Fantasy offensive guy, right? Right. Quarterback Kyle Trask, rookie QB1. this year. Yep. Running back Keyshawn Vaughn, wide RB1. receiver Mike Evans, of course, the the stalwart there, mm-hmm. and Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, rookie Jalen Darden this year. Tight end Cameron Brake. Cameron Bright, Gr- Gronk is obviously gone the way of He'll probably right? retire. Yeah. Yeah. So Fournette gone, Rojo gone, Chris Godwin gone. Um, most of their dudes are out that were fantasy relevant. So mm-hmm. my question to you, Dustin, is what do you do with the Bucks in terms of projecting? Like if you wanted to make dynasty trades right now, is there anybody you're going after? Well, I actually just made a trade for Tyler Johnson uh, the other day. Uh, very low level trade. It was it was him for Curtis Samuel. Uh, kind of, and I I've got wide receivers, so that, to pick up yeah. a young wide receiver that has flashed, uh, I'm all about that. So I'll, I'll take the chance on him. He should be seeing more playing time next year with Godwin being gone. So I expect him to kind of step into that number two role there. Uh, but as far as the rest of the players, I mean Evans is going to be good no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't not that he's quarterback proof. But you've seen him play under multiple quarterbacks in his career, and all he's done every year is put up a thousand yards at a minimum. Yep. So I feel like he's pretty safe. Uh, Cameron Brait, I don't know. He's a, he had a fantasy relevant year once upon a time. He did. But, I mean, as much as any tight end that's not a stud does. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I might be interested in shooting out a low ball offer for Kyle Trask just to see mm-hmm. he might hit. You know, maybe not next year, but, you know, within the next couple of years, he is a rookie this year. So maybe in the next couple of years, he might progress to be, a, especially in the Superflex League, like a solid number two quarterback for your team. Right. So I might I might throw out an offer there. But well, really, here's that's the, about it. Here's the second part of this, then. That's a terrific segue and a lead into I threw up a couple of polls on Twitter today in regards to who the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay will actually be next year. So right. I ran two polls. One was just simply asking, is it going to be the incumbent Kyle Trask or will it be a veteran acquisition, whether via trade or free agency, or will he even draft a different rookie quarterback to come in? And so according to that poll, 76% say veteran acquisition. Most everybody else is saying Kyle Trask. Um, And then a handful of folks are like, yeah, bring in another rookie, because why not? I don't see that happening, especially since this rookie class isn't that great, uh, from what I've heard from from the the other experts out there. So I don't see that happening. I personally think they'll probably bring in some veteran uh, to be a backup. I mean, what, uh, Trask was, what, end of the second, early third round? Yeah, if I'm remembering right. correctly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like he had super high draft capital, but I mean, it's decent enough. So I think they'll probably give him the opportunity at least. And they'll bring in maybe like, I want to say a Fitzpatrick, but that's not a great example. Um, you know, <laughs> He's going to take the starting position yeah. if he comes in. You know, an, an older veteran 
quarterback that can be a mentor kind of and and just you know that that's that's how i see it playing out that's interesting because that's not that's not how i had projected it forth at least for the the poll exercise Mm -hmm. and so the second follow-up then was because so many people said that it was going to be a veteran acquisition i said okay well who are they bringing in now for the poll i just listed three options and then an other because mm-hmm. the big buzz guys are the ones that I was interested in here. If we're talking like a starter, right? Which of course would be your Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. who could be on the outs with Green Bay, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is now looking to be out in San Francisco, or Jameis Winston coming back to Tampa Bay as he's now a free agent right. with the Saints. So one of those guys. Now out of that group, it was actually all very close. Jimmy Garoppolo led it by thirty-seven percent in that poll. In it's row. not a lot of confidence there. Uh, but you make an interesting point about a backup. What about a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who's currently backing up it with the Bills? Maybe. And he's maybe still somebody. Young. Yeah, he's young. And if Trask doesn't work out, you could maybe just say, well, screw it. Here's another young guy we can pivot to. Yeah, that could be. Um, you know, he's had a couple of years now, or yeah, a couple of years as a backup under Josh Allen. Uh, we saw uh, what the coach did for Josh Allen. So maybe Trubisky has picked up some of that as well and, you know, worked on some of these mechanics or whatever his issue was. Probably just because it was a garbage situation in Chicago. But I mean, that that could be interesting. I'm sure he could be had at a reasonable cost. So, right. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. So it's a lot to look forward to either mm-hmm. way this offseason. It's going to all come down to, I mean, I think it all comes down to does Bruce Arians stick around or does Bruce Arians decide, well, I tried. I'm out. I don't want to start I, I, over. I would think at this point that would be kind of shitty. Um, since it really put the bucks behind the eight ball as far as far as the hiring cycle goes. Very uh, true. But so, Bruce Arians is kind of a shitty guy. Yeah. It feels like <laughs> sometimes. So I wouldn't rule it out as all of it. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a fun off season. I feel like uh, lots of good stories, lots of rumors floating around out there. It's, it's going to be a fun off season as, as we go along here, especially with free agency draft. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one to talk about. I'm excited. A lot to focus on. A lot of overturn, mm-hmm. a lot of upheaval, just chaos. That's what we're all about. Ooh, speaking of which, hey, Dustin, that's the name of one of our beers for tonight. Uh, we should talk about what we're drinking, obviously. Yes. Uh, I, I decided, so I brought the beers tonight. And this first one, I don't know. I'll be honest. It was a, it was a spot grab at a grocery store. I saw it on sale. I was like, that sounds really interesting. Shocker. It was on sale. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You know how I am, but also it's like nothing I've ever seen before. So I brought that as primary beer for us Mm -hmm. to try. It's from Hop House, which does really great beers consistently. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I know the brand, so that gave me confidence, but it's a guava IPA. I don't know that I've ever had a guava anything in terms of beer. I feel like I've had a couple guava beers, probably more of like your Berliner Weisses or your fruited sour beers. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've never had this one before. I'm going to admit I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, right out the gate, because we, yeah. well, before we hopped on, I've been, you even I've been said... sipping on it. You cracked it open and it immediately like spilled yeah. out on you too. I, I which feel, is not I a good feel time. like it's got an infection in it. It, it, it tastes um, fizzy a little bit. Ooh, that's and no beer good. is not supposed to be fizzy at all. No, uh, I, I, you know, some would say it's effervescent. Um, th- this is not that. This this is like a little bit fizzy and it's not. I, not I how like beer it. is intended no. to be. Well, you know, and that's I, good. I've, been, I've been trying to drink it and I just I've been taking sips, thinking maybe it, it was just that initial flavor in my mouth and no it's still just not 
what you're tasting is this being on clearance. I'm pretty sure that's what you are tasting right now. So let's, but I yeah. projected forth. I don't know how this one's going to turn out. So I brought a backup beer for us, which is called Chaos Pattern from Three Sheeps Brewing. Uh, it's a hazy IPA. I know you're a little bit like I am more lenient towards mm -hmm. the you know, uh, orangey, hazy IPA, that kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like kicking the teeth. Yes. So let's so. just move on. <laughs> What you you didn't like it either, mm. the hop house beer. I thought it was okay. Like I I'll drink it, but I'm not excited to drink it. This one I'm excited to drink, and I just cracked it, and it's already like ten times better. Yes, this is much much better. Oh, yeah. You can get some normalcy back on your tongue now. Yes, thank you for that, Jake. Uh, yeah, this is good. Three Sheeps never disappoints ever. Another great local brewery here in Wisconsin. Um, yeah, this this is a good hazy beer. Although I'm drinking out of the can, so I can't see the haze. But I'm assuming sure, it's sure. hazy. But it's good. I like this one. Nice blend we'll of hops in it. There. All right. Well, let's let's just overrule that initial beer. Then I'll yeah. give this guy a solid four out of five. I'll give it a three. Even after see after the initial disappointment of the gross fizzy beer, I thought even the contrast with this thing up to four. No, you, it's, but it's, it didn't. It's average. It's average. It's good. It's an average beer. That's it. Whatever. You're the type of person, if you were an English teacher and a student submitted uh, an essay or a story or something they were supposed to write, and like they, they put all this hard work into it and they'd pass along your desk and, and you'd write, that was fine. As like your note on yeah. the bottom of it. And you'd be like, I yeah, would. that's a C. That's a C yeah. paper. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. It didn't make me barf, but yeah. it wasn't the best thing I ever read. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I didn't have you as a teacher in school. You you hit that nail right on the head, Jake. Oh, <laughs> spot on. Well done. Oh my god, this is all right. Let's move on from this. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to our favorite segment, huh? Yeah, let's do our drunk trade of the week. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 drunk trade of the week. Are you excited for this one, Dustin? I put for the list. I am. We do a little, you know, show sheet for ourselves coming into this. And I was so good this time. I got a screenshot of the trade itself. Instead of like typing it all out, which is confusing. I did, I did my co-host a salad and I took a screenshot. I put it right in there directly from Sleeper because spoiler alert, this is a trade I made just a couple of days ago, uh, with friend of the show, John Helmkamp, who is in one of my dynasty leagues. Uh, we were both drinking whiskey. We said, let's get a trade done. I, we actually didn't know that the each other was drinking whiskey until after this happened, by the way. It was just for Oh, look at I that. I know, it's pretty sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> the trade itself is this. I, myself, got in this trade Michael Carter, rookie running back for the New York Jets, uh, tight end Cole Komet, who is going into his third year with Chicago, and then a future second round pick for 2023. Now, on the other side of this, a lot of picks. So, try and make mm -hmm. this easy. The 111 this year, the 211 this year, and then two future thirds. And as a throw-in, Tylen Wallace, rookie wide receiver for Baltimore, didn't really do anything this year, but potentially has opportunity down the road. I know John is a big Tylen Wallace guy, so that was a little bit of a sweetener that I thought we'd just get the deal done. Dustin, your thoughts on this one? I like your side. Here, I mean, hands down. I know we talked about it this weekend a little bit, uh, but no, I, I like your side hands down here. Uh, you're so basically take out the two seconds. They basically cancel each other out. They're second round sure. picks. Yeah. All right. So basically you get Cole Komet and, and Michael Carter. And I'm assuming this is a super flex league, super flex and tight end premium. So, so you got that with Cole Komet. 
So basically, you got two potential starters on your team, probably a second tight end, second or maybe third running back, but two potential starters on your team for Tylen Wallace, like you said, didn't do much and a first and two thirds. Like, I, I think yeah. that's a smash all day long. I, I'm what, glad what would you, you get that. for Tylen Wallace? What, like a third? Yeah, maybe if you're, if you're into him. Otherwise, I just he's not somebody I'm actively trying to. Acquire. No, I'm just saying like value wise, yep. though, like a third or maybe two thirds. I, you know, I, I wouldn't give two thirds. I would give eight know, thirds for Tylen Wallace if I wanted. Yeah, yeah it, it, he doesn't do much for me. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. you got the easy, easy end on this one. I mean, it was a no brainer for me. And I am I, really high on Michael Carter for next year. Yeah, me too. I, I think I think he's going to be surprisingly useful and good for fantasy purposes. So I like that deal for you. I think we're going to have to be fighting for him in some of our off-season shows here as we sort of peg down our drinking buddies and whatnot and all that type of thing. Uh, we're starting to show know. sheet right now and get in there and, <laughs> and uh, type it in. <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm really high on him too. And I think he is one of those under-the-radar guys where like, yeah, go send out a trade off. Because I think at this point, he could be had for an early second-round pick mm-hmm. if this trade is is the type of indication out there. So... At that point, I'm I'm into it. I like the entire Jets offense to improve a whole lot next year. So yep. I'm kind of trying to get all of the cheap pieces that I can out of that one. And I'm okay going down with the ship if it yeah. occurs. Yeah, I like it. Oh, hey, we got someone in the chat. Check this. Check out this comment. Hey, I don't, I don't know what that means, but I don't thank you either. for joining us. I yes. appreciate it. Uh, oh, I looked it up in Google, by the way. So the the, the comment is, I think it's Voom, Voom dot go n g o, which means mm-hmm. to swear or vow. Evidently, oh, to swear right. or vow. I hope that is you're swearing for good reason here with our show. You you enjoy our show, so uh, you're swearing out of excitement. Yeah, I'm taking it as a positive. Me too. But thanks for that comment. We we appreciate that. So should we move on to talking about some wide receivers here? Let's freaking do it. All right. If you listen to the show for the last two weeks, we're going to keep this the same here. We're going to go through some ranks, what we hit on, what we missed on, why we missed, I think, more importantly, and then kind of project forward a little bit for next year. So this first one, we, we missed on big time here, Jake. Uh, he was our consensus number one. DeAndre Hopkins finished... 20th in points per game, 46th overall. Obviously, injury had a big piece to do with that. Is this the end? Is this the cliff for Hopkins here? Or or do you see him returning to wide receiver? Not the wide receiver one, but a wide receiver one next season? Yeah, I I think that this was just an unfortunate case of injuries kind of zapping him throughout the season. Mm -hmm. He missed a, a good chunk of time. And the entire offense, you did see it took a massive step back when he wasn't out there playing routinely. And I think that uh, he's coming up on, what is it, his age 29 season? I believe that's correct. Am I thinking correct? So he is nearing the potential cliff that we talk about with wide receivers sometimes. But there are guys who are burners who hit that. And then there are guys who are pristine technicians, just Mm -hmm. immaculate players like DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't think the cliff applies to him right now. So I'm fully in on him still as top, you know, five or six guy for next year. Oh, wow. That high. Yep. I'm not shaking. Nice. So he is currently 29. We'll be turning 30 in June. There you go. I think you've got another two to three solid years of production still out of Hopkins. Mm -hmm. So not too terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those guys that will probably end up moving. Kind of like we saw with Larry Fitzpatrick there. Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yeah, I knew what I meant. (laughs) <laughs> he's been retired for a year it. and i already forget his name 
yes, I think he he could uh, kind of do what what Larry did there and move into the slot and kind of be that more possession receiver. Um, and with that big body, I mean, I think that could be a great role for him. So, all right, let's move on. Number our consensus two was Calvin Ridley. Obviously, stepped away from football. Uh, TBD. If he returns, there's been no timetable. Obviously, you know, sucks for fantasy purposes, but you know, mental health is not something to mess around with. So, all the best for Calvin Ridley. Obviously, he comes back. He's in that top five wide receiver range. Or with Matt Ryan and how garbage that offense is there in Atlanta, does that change? Or is he just well, that good? It's it's worth noting that while he was playing for those first handful of games, it's not as if you know he was lighting the world on fire for fantasy. But mm-hmm. again, there's so much that is going into the background of all that that I don't feel like it's a fair observation to make right. this year one way or the other. And yep. he could be the thing that makes the offense tick. And then mm-hmm. when they didn't have him, you know, it was almost more of an issue of him not being there than Matt Ryan maybe being terrible. Although Matt Ryan kind of <laughs> looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, I think there's so many question marks there that I'm not comfortable making a definitive one. But I think it's fair to be maybe risk averse if mm-hmm. you are with Calvin Ridley, you know, if and when he comes back there. I would understand if, if you would temper expectations. Right. Uh, just one thing to add, you know, this was a new offensive scheme this year. So, I mean, we did see their offense improve as the year went on. So maybe he would have improved as well, uh, stat-wise, in that offense. So uh, sure. another year, maybe that offense will take another step forward. Is he someone that you want to trade for? And what do you think is fair value? I am risk-averse in these situations of, like, I just purely don't know what to expect. Because it's not an injury thing where mm-hmm. we have, you know, some sort of data where it's like, well, people come back from this and it's fine. It's such a complete unknown that I'm not actively acquiring him. I understand if you want to go out and try and get him, I guess, on the cheap. I don't know what folks are getting rid of him at or trading him at at this point. Maybe a late first? Does that seem right or do you think that's too high? I don't know that I would pay that for him. Obviously, the talent's there. And if he comes yeah. back, I mean, I, that's a steal at that point. But like yes. you, I'm I'm risk adverse as well. And for a player that may not come back, like I said, we don't know. I personally wouldn't be paying a first round for him. Here's what so. I think I would do with Ridley. Now I think I have the nuggets. If I am on the clock in my rookie draft and there's nobody on the board that I'm like, yep, that's a smash. I got to get this guy. Let me see if I can offload this pick to the person who has Calvin Ridley at that's kind of the level I'm at. Whatever that Mm -hmm. pick ends up being, maybe it is a late first. Maybe it's a mid-second and somebody's like, oh, I have a guy that I really want to get on the board and you could make that work. Yeah, I like that idea. All right, next um, we had Devontae Adams as our wide receiver three, finish number two, so we were spot on there. Uh, Four, we had Tyreek Hill, finish number six, if you like to hit that. Next, we had Stefan Diggs, number five, finished 10th overall in points per game, uh, 7th overall uh, finish for points. We were a little bit high on him, uh, but that offense struggled at times this year. And, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was a bigger piece than I think we expected in that offense. So uh, I like the process there. I think, you know, easily top 10 wide receiver next season. Will I have him at five? Probably not quite that high but uh, definitely in the top 10 for sure. Yeah, and we'll see. And it's not like, you know, as we go through the final ranking or the final standing of these, some of these guys are off by tenths of a point Mm -hmm. in terms of per game. So it's not as if like, oh man, he was all the way down at 10. In reality, he was clustered with a a handful of guys at that range. So yeah, I think you could make an argument for him either way. Mm -hmm. 
Next, uh, number six overall, we had Justin Jefferson. He finished fourth, so I feel like we we did fairly well there. Uh, good to see him continue to produce after that in, incredible rookie season he had. Um, so if you've got him on your team, good job there. This one, <laughs> this next one is a big miss by Why? by both of us. Uh, I feel like not only us, a lot of people out there in the fantasy community <laughs> missed on yeah. this, but that's Allen Robinson. We had him as our number seven overall consensus. Finished 83rd overall in points per game. 81 What the fuck, overall. Dustin? What the actual fuck? It's not like he... <laughs> this is not like he... Oh, man, he kind of bummed us out like he was a fringe wide receiver, too. He was right. unusable. He was unusable. unplayable. Yes. <sighs> yes. If you've got not him... over it. Um, yeah. New off, we're gonna have a new offense, new coach there this this yeah. next season. So, I don't think he returns. Regardless, though, he's a free agent. Uh, he'll probably try to latch on to a more of a contending team. I think he's probably twenty eight, twenty nine at this point as well, kind of getting up there uh, as far as NFL age goes. So, he'll probably want to go to a contender after being on shitty teams his entire career. Is he someone you're interested in, in acquiring this off season? Landing spot dependent. I'm actually trying to get in before the landing spot. So I'm nice. trying to get the share ahead of time. No, I think everybody is dwelling as mm-hmm. we are, as I am on like how terrible of a finish this was. And I don't think enough people are projecting that. Well, he is moving on to a different offense that he's going to be hopefully more suited for. But if you wait until he goes to like some dynamic offense, then you're going to kind of miss the boat. Right. I feel so there, there can't be a, a worse landing spot or a worse predicament than this year. So I feel like get in right now. He could be a guy that is Tylen Wallace level of capital needed mm-hmm. to get him on your team. Like a couple of thirds, I think, could really do it. And so I'm I'm doing that. I think he just didn't want to be there in Chicago this I year. I think that's part of it. Just like giving up. Because mm-hmm. didn't they tag him this year? Yeah. And that's why he had to stick around is because they, they tagged him and then didn't sign him to a long-term contract. So, yeah, I right. think he kind of phoned it in a little bit. But I like that. I'm, I might go try to throw out some trades here uh, after the show tonight for him and see if I can't get something done. Because I like that. All right. This next one, also a little a uh, little bit of a miss. Not just a little. It was a lot of a miss. Uh, we had Amari Cooper as our consensus eight overall. Uh, finished 29th in points per game. That Dallas offense just uh, struggled a bit. Um, yeah. You know, as we were saying earlier with uh, whatever that team was, Buffalo, my mind, it's 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 razor sharp this evening. Steel trap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that offense struggled a bit this, this season. So I think that may have had something to do with it. I don't think he was really struggling with injuries. I don't recall any 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 real injuries slowing him down this season. There always is with Amari Cooper, whether yeah. it's known to the world or not. It feels like every year there's some little, you know, toe thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think more than any injury thing, if there was anything, which again, I don't recall. I think the bigger issue is like Michael Gallup was more of a thing than I thought he would be in this offense this year. As the number three, quote unquote, mm-hmm. receiver, Michael Gallup got a lot of work. And so did like the fourth and fifth guys down the roster. Cedric Wilson kept like making plays every game that were taking away. and. So I feel like they just spread it out a lot. Dalton Schultz was so mm-hmm. heavily involved, their tight end. Like there was just a lot more spread offense than I projected. Yeah. All right. And then we had our consensus nine. We had Keenan Allen finished 12th in points per game. So I feel like we were pretty solid on that. Just the perennial fringe wide receiver one, low end wide receiver one. Um, we'll continue to do that probably until he retires, uh, just because he is that good and that undervalued. 
Next, we had as our 10th overall, A.J. Brown, 28th in points per game. Injury related. I'm not worried about him at all. Although a little bit of pause because Tannehill didn't look great this year. Mm-hmm. But I just traded for him here uh, in the fantasy playoffs uh, since he was injured uh, to get him on my team since I wasn't competing. So I'm all in on him. I I mean, he's one of those receivers that I whiffed on to begin with, and he just proved everybody wrong, and I won't let that happen anymore. So I'm just going to have him on my team. I, I think he's going to be a solid uh, wide receiver one next year. I think, and I don't mean this to sound like a slight, and I'm fearful that it will. I think he is a better Tyler Lockett. As a fantasy asset, like I think that should be more of the expectation instead of, you know, these a Devontae Adams type. Right. I'm not doing that with him because I don't think the consistency is going to be anywhere the same. No matter who the quarterback is mm-hmm. or who the other wide receivers are there in the mix, I just feel like he's going to win you a lot of games, but you shouldn't always count on AJ Brown. Right. So that's why I say like Tyler Lockett would do the exact same thing. And to a lesser extent than I think AJ Brown will over the course of his career. But yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of backing off the the expectation a little bit, but yeah, he's going to be a top 12 guy automatically Mm -hmm. for me next year. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see. Next we had Chris Godwin. At 11, finished number seven overall. Um, probably would have finished higher, but ACL injury there the last part of the season. So I uh, had we had him a little bit lower than we probably should have. This change, I did. Obviously, to be fair, I did. If we look at the individual rankings okay, here, true. I want to give you the I want to give you the nod because you had him ranked at eight. I had him down at 15, which is why we had to mesh it that way. And I was more concerned about the the amount of guys there that Brady was throwing to mm-hmm. and didn't know who he would have the best connection with because the previous season didn't seem to really provide that. But there was Evans there. There was now A.B. hypothetically for a full season, which didn't shake out. Right. Uh, Gronk, of course, as always. And so I was nervous and I clustered most of them together. You were just more bullish on Godwin and that was the right call. Well, thank you. And then rounding out our top 12, uh, Miss, again, because of injury, was uh, our our favorite wide receiver on this podcast collectively, and that's Bobby Trees, uh, Robert Woods. We had him at 12, finished 51 overall, 17th in points per game. So, I mean, he was he was scoring points. Better uh, than I thought he finished mm-hmm. in points per game, honestly. So where where do you see him next season? coming back from that ACL. I know it's going to be tough for him to come back right away at the beginning of the season. He'll probably be more of like a mid-season coming off the uh, short-term IR there uh, midway through the season. You see him returning to form. I think he's turning 30 this offseason, if I'm correct, or maybe early next season. So he's kind of hitting that cliff of of wide receiver age. What are your thoughts on him moving forward? It's the age and injury combination that worries me a little bit. You almost have to hope for what I think his best case scenario would be is Emmanuel Sanders. Because Emmanuel Sanders got injured similarly Mm -hmm. at around the same age. And he came back and was really good for his first Mm -hmm. year back. That's not always going to happen with a 30-year-old. There's not many other instances I can think of. Mm -hmm. And now they brought in Odell Beckham, who did really, really well for them here down the He fit in well. With and that offense. Van Jefferson has continued mm-hmm. to be a big play Deshaun Jackson light type of mm-hmm. dude there. It's not like they're wanting for him. I hope and I wish that he would go back there and stay consistent. But if he is there and OBJ is there, I have no hope 
but I also don't really know what other team is going to utilize him really well. He's the mm-hmm. only, that's the only team who's ever utilized him. He was on the Bills previously, got nothing. And then he went to the Rams and McVay figured out how to use him. Right. I'm, I'm not super confident. All right. I'm just trying to look up to see if I can see if he's still under contract for this next season. Mm. So he is, he has a potential out um, after this year. It's it's kind of steep. Um, it'd be a twelve million dollar cap hit. I don't know if, if uh, the Rams would be able to afford that. And then after this year, and he is thirty. Um, after this year, then it drops down to six point four million. So he'll probably be on the Rams for one more season, unless they can trade a, trade him away to a wide receiver needy team that would be willing to take him on. I don't know. So yeah, it's going to be pretty muddy there if they end up keeping OBJ. Obviously, no issues with Cooper Cup, but Van Jefferson going into his third year, like you said, he's been improving uh, off his rookie campaign this year. So they they're they're flush with talent at, at that position. Heck yeah! All right, since we were racing through those top twelve real quick, let's hit the next top twelve, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, number thirteen, we had DK Metcalf uh, finished fourteen overall in points, but twenty third in points per game. Uh, he had a disappointing season this year. It depends on what you call a disappointing season, because in that offense, the way that Russell Wilson was operating, well, when healthy, Russell Wilson, and then back from injury, Russell Wilson, like the way that the offense ended up, I'm actually shocked that he didn't finish lower. You know, there was those games Mm -hmm. where they were relying on Geno Smith. And then, like I said, there's a handful of games where like Russell just did not look like Russell, that finger injury. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was tough. That was really Mm -hmm. tough for a quarterback to deal with on your throwing hand. So the fact that DK, I mean, 14th overall, uh, I know points per game, of course, muddies that, but that's actually shockingly good for him. And I'm not worried in the slightest because if he could do this with that bad situation, even though Russ is never going to be able to cook the way we want Russ to cook. That's just, it is what it Mm -hmm. is, but it's going to be better than this. So I'm not really going to budge him probably too much next year. All right. Fair enough. Uh, 14 overall, we had Terry McLaurin. We whiffed on this one a bit, finished uh, 32 in points per game. Again, though, we we were had high hopes with with Fitzmagic there, uh, got injured right away. So um, Heineke did play surprisingly well. I'll admit uh, he, he was competent. Do you he was think good that, for himself. Yeah, for not good for fantasy, but good good for the team, real team play. Do you think they stick with him it as their seemed, QB? It seemed, if we're going to read the tea leaves, it seemed like at the end of the season, he needed to come up big for them, to for them to want to keep him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that he did. Personally, I don't think that he did. Right. Whether he impressed the coaches enough, we don't know. Right. And do you think that's just because he's so young and like had low draft capital or just doesn't have it? Well, no. I, I think from their perspective, they're saying, you know, all the stupid things that we talk about with draft capital and quarterback specifically, that right. he didn't have that leverage. And the fact that they weren't winning a ton of games, it's not like they crushed their division even or anything like that. That's what he would have needed to do, in my opinion, to keep the job. And since he didn't do that and he doesn't have the investment behind him, now it's like, well, there's no harm in moving on. Mm -hmm. Coaches tend to be a lot shakier about doing that if it's like a first or second round pick. Right. Well, we got to we don't want a Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen situation where we get laughed at because we, you know, fucked up basically. 
Uh, yeah, I think with all of that factored in, they move on. And I don't know that, um, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Do they mm-hmm. draft somebody else? I, I don't know what their philosophy is here. Do they yep. try to corral a high-value free agent quarterback? I don't even know who that would be. I so don't... I'm kind of out on Terry McLaurin. Okay. I'm I'm a wait and see. Uh, I, I love the talent, but yeah, he, he's been a little disappointing. Maybe if you can get him as your wide receiver three on your team and you can get him at a discount, I think that'd be perfect. Sure. But yeah, as you're like one or two, I wouldn't be confident with him, you know, rolling out there, especially as my number one. Yeah, as your two, maybe if the rest of your team is pretty solid. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, next, we had 15 overall. We had CD Lamb finished 21st overall. Again, we kind of insert uh, Amari Cooper conversation there with the whole Dallas offense. I don't think we need to dive into that again. At 16 overall, we had Mike Evans. We whiffed on this. A bit. He finished as wide receiver 11 in points per game. But how much of that was due to Godwin being injured, mm. A.B. not being there right. for chunks of the time? You know, you could factor that in and mm-hmm. and say that maybe we whiffed the other direction, you know, because if right. before those things happened, it's not like he was lighting up the world. Correct. Correct. 17 overall, we had D.J. Moore finished wide receiver 26 in points per game, 18th in total points. So I take that as a half win. <laughs> <laughs> sure whatever we need to do to make ourselves feel better about That's this because right. as we're going down the list i'm not seeing too many wins just yet here dustin so no. yeah i'll take that half win too it'll be interesting to see what carolina does this this offseason with a quarterback position obviously it's going to be an area of concern for them or focus i should say to define their quarterback of the future so interesting to see what they do he's kind of in that terry mclaurin world for me where i really love the talent but you just, I don't know. I I just, I wouldn't be confident as his number one wide receiver on my team, even as a wide receiver. I could have him as my wide receiver too. I would just love to see the touchdowns come up a bit because he's the new Julio Jones where he doesn't catch any touchdowns. But, okay, so here's my thought about this. Julio Jones had one quarterback throwing to him for basically his entire career in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So we had Matt Ryan, and we knew what Matt Ryan was. And so you could say, okay, well, he has all these years of chemistry. Nothing seems to change. He has one double-digit season of touchdowns. Okay, well, we know what Julio is. But with DJ Moore, you've never had him thrown to by the same quarterback for more than like six games at a stretch. It's been outrageous, the number of mediocre quarterbacks that have come and gone through there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no offense to Cam there. He, the best of them in terms of real quarterbacks, but in terms of a fantasy quarterback, he was never that great for all of his wide receivers. And so to put that on DJ Moore feels unfair. And then you've got, of course, Sam Darnold this year. You had Kyle Allen last year for a stretch. You had, who the hell else was there last year that I'm, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, of course, for the majority. Again, fine guy, but not good for fantasy wide receivers. So I feel like it's another worst case scenario for the last three years. It can't get probably too much worse. So I didn't, I'd be invested, I guess, in DJ mm-hmm. Moore. All right. Next, uh, big whiff, especially for me personally here. Uh, I had him in my top 10 for wide receivers. That's Michael Thomas. Didn't play all season. Kind of wait and see what happens this year. Does he go to another team? Is he, I'm sure he'll go to another team, but is he going to return to form from what we saw? Is he going to actually play? He's such yeah, a headache. I mean, we don't know. We just don't know. So wait and see there. I probably won't have him ranked too high. 
uh, until I hear definitively he is playing and like we see him in the preseason actually like catching balls and being a good uh, teammate and all, all that sort of stuff out of training camp. So next, Deontay Johnson, we had at 19, finished at number nine in the top 10. Talk about a target hog, man. Wow. I, I wish I would have uh, bought low on him or tried harder to get him on teams last offseason because that was a big miss. His issue, I think for us, I recall vaguely us discussing around this time last year or a little bit later was, well, okay, he's there and he's fine. I don't think we had an issue with him as a player, but I think Juju Smith-Schuster was Mm -hmm. an issue there, which obviously he didn't play the majority of the season. So that has to be taken into account. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, him, Chase Claypool, and the three of them, who shakes out best? And then Big Ben was declining so fast where we didn't want to put any stock into him and his garbage arm, which I'm glad we didn't for that side of things. But who knew that he would just absorb all of those noodly catches coming mm-hmm. from, from Big Ben. That was a surprise. Yeah. All right. And, uh, number 20, we had Julio. Missed a big this chunk hurts. of the season with injury. Yeah. Not yeah. much uh, to say about that. Uh, obviously past his prime at this point. Hopefully better things to come next year, having that dynamic duel there in Tennessee, and he returns healthy. Won't be near our top 20, though. I'll tell you that. No. Next. This one is a, is a hit for us, Jake. Uh, Brandon yeah, Cooks, yeah. your favorite. Uh, we had him at 21 overall, finished 22 Ooh. points per game. So hooray for us. This guy. next one, my boy, my drinking buddy, Debo Samuel. We had him at a consensus 22, finished number three in points per game. Ooh, yeah. That is nice. I thought we were crazy for having him ranked so high compared to the consensus. Mm -hmm. If we're going to have a victory lap in this episode, this has to be the one. And again, I have to defer to you because uh, you had him ranked higher than I did. You believed in him over Ayuk more than I did. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, that will be the focus of one of our beer bets coming up (laughs) here in the payoff episode. Um, I was actually surprised that I had him in my top 24. It felt like I didn't for some reason come mm-hmm. into this season because <laughs> I had him and IU so close. So just, I want you to shed light. Why did you believe on, believe in him so much this year? And then do you believe the exact same thing going forward? Well, I believed in him. I, I, I believed in him because of what we saw the year before, uh, he got injured. I mean, we saw him be the target, the main focus in that offense. Kittle was there. They had their running backs that they were throwing to. Jimmy G was there. Like, like all the same pieces were in place. He was injured last year. Brandon Ayuk came in. They had to funnel those targets somewhere else. So that that was my reasoning behind it. Did I see him finishing as the number three overall wide receiver? Hells to the no. I did not see that. I didn't. Obviously, I had him ranked 20 overall. I did not see him. But from where he was going in drafts and how everybody thought that it was just automatically Ayuk's team, that is what I didn't believe in. And I believed. Uh, from what I saw in film, um, you know, from two years ago uh, before he was injured. So uh, and I was banking that he was going to stay healthy and he, and he did relatively stay healthy this year. So for next year, I think it's more of the same. I mean, we saw how Shanahan was using him. I didn't expect it. I'll be honest, to get used that much in the backfield as a running back. But uh, results are results. So I expect more of the same this next year. I think they found a formula that works. He is the main guy, although we did see IU come on at the end of the year. Although with uh, Trey Lance going to be there instead of Jimmy G, maybe that changes things. I guess we're just really going to have to pay attention to camp uh, come July and, and kind of what the reports are out of there um, with how he's being used. But I think he is their number one option in that offense moving forward. 
Yeah, I agree with that. The only thing I'll add, I don't think it's a question of is he the number one guy. I just think it's more of a question of what that offense does overall Mm -hmm. with the new quarterback and how they run it. But yeah, I mean, Debo should still be ranked much higher than IU going into next year. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. So be very curious to see how that works with a new QB. Yep. And a couple more here rounding out our top 24. Uh, Cortland Sutton, we had 23. uh, Obviously a terrible season number 62 overall in points per game. This is kind of what I still believe in the talent. And this was his first year coming back from uh, the ACL injury too, which we know players, a lot of players takes a year to get fully healthy uh, in those skill position, uh, skill positions. And it really is going to depend on what happens with a quarterback situation this off season. Uh, <laughs> I'm beating a dead horse. But it's you should another, beat off a dead horse. It's, I did not say off. Don't put off in my mouth. <laughs> Don't put beat off a horse in my mouth, please. But I will say, like, it's a worst case scenario again for another mm-hmm. guy on this list. So it can't get worse. It just can't. Right. So you, these are the types of guys. It feels really gross, but you have to send out trade offers for these types of players mm-hmm. because you know that you've seen their absolute bottom, their absolute right. floor. And we saw Cortland Sutton the year before, you know, two years ago. Same with Debo. He got it before he got injured. We saw him performing really well. And I know Jerry Judy's great. I really like Judy as well. But I mean, he's young. He he's going to bounce back. I have faith. Is he going to be that, you know, fringe wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two that we thought maybe a couple years ago? Probably not. But I still think he has tremendous upside, all things considered. Yeah. I hope this is not a Dante Pettis situation. Right. Like we really hoped and we keep hoping and it never transpires. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it is. So again, and it's very low risk to Mm -hmm. assume that. Yep. And then rounding out our, our top 24, Jamar Chase. Finishes the wide receiver five. Uh, I don't know what happened to all those drops that were going on in the preseason, but he sure got rid of those. Uh, him and Burrow, that's going to be a great connection for years to come here. Yeah. Uh, sky's the limit there. He is the real deal, and I love watching him play because he's so electric. It's wild. And I know there is that stage at the beginning of the season. It was like five games in a row, and it was just bang, 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 and it was multiple mm-hmm. touchdowns, multiple big plays every single game. Mm-hmm. And then expectations were like, he's number one forever going forward. Things tempered a little bit as mm-hmm. we got into the season and as T. Higgins got more involved. Right. I feel like we should just group all these guys together because that's what we did in the rankings. With mm-hmm. these, it wasn't an issue where we didn't think any of those Bengals receivers were talented. We thought all of them were talented, and that was almost the issue. Right. Because we thought Joe Burrow with the injury, the offensive line issues, Okay, somebody can very well be super relevant, but we don't know who the hell it is. So rather than mm-hmm. try and just pick one out of a hat, it's like, well, let's group them all in sort of a reasonable area. So we yep. had Jamar Chase at our consensus 24. We had Tyler Boyd, consensus 29, who we thought was such a steal because he was going so much later in drafts. And then T. Higgins at 31. And obviously, uh, Higgins crushed too. He finished as number mm-hmm. 13 in points per game. So him and Chase both dominated. Tyler Boyd did not. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, no. 38 in points per game. That's a, just a big miss. And that goes against our logic of just take the, you know, latest guy in your draft. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that doesn't always work. It did not work here. I mean, he did finish as a wide receiver three. So it's not like he was unusable this season. I mean, the fact that the Bengals offense essentially supported three 
wide receivers in the top 36. I mean, yeah, that that's it's pretty solid. I mean, and oh, I just sure. lo- I just love what this offense is going to do uh, for the next few years here because that, it's going to be fun to watch them. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, just so we can wrap up this little trio here in terms of dynasty, would you rather have Chase or would you rather have Higgins at a slight discount from what you would get for Chase? Give me Chase. I want that electric playmaker. Um, he is the number one in that offense. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I have a opportunity to get Higgins, I, I will go after him. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that if for some reason Chase were to get hurt, God forbid, that Higgins does have that alpha wide receiver upside in him where he could be a wide receiver one. So I do like it from that perspective. But um, give, me, give me Chase. I mean, he's just so electric and uh, he will win you weeks. See, I like what we saw from Higgins in the second half of the season because I feel like his first half was a little bit of a fluke. There was something off. I don't know what Mm -hmm. the hell it was. And there was a bit of an injury there with him, too. But I think what we saw towards the second half of the season makes me. But again, you're talking to the guy who got clearance beer for us tonight. So keep that in mind. But I would be going after the discount for Higgins, which at this point looks to me like the difference between paying, you know, two first and a second for Chase versus a first or two first flat for Higgins. Right. Um, I don't know. I'll probably take Higgins, but it is this. Mm-hmm. And then that rounds out our top 24 talk. Um, any other players you want to hit on here, Jake? Look, we got to do the, We got to do one and we got to do it quick. Everybody's talked about him. We'll talk about him consistently throughout the offseason, but it's Cooper Cup. We had him ranked at number 26. He's the number one wide receiver mm-hmm. by a lot on the year. And, and you had him much higher than I did, Jake. You had him at 16. I had him at 39. So I was much, much lower on him uh, than you were. You were just more all in on the Bobby Woods trade than mm-hmm. I was. I thought Stafford would support both receivers, but not certainly not anywhere close to this extent. Mm-hmm. And I definitely thought Woods would be the primary guy. Yep. We didn't realize, you know, the brunch played such an important big, big role, role yeah. in exactly. this offense. So now we know. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I wanted to call out a big miss as he is now officially dead to me. And I know I've said that before, but this time I really mean it. Robbie (laughs) Anderson. We we had Robbie Anderson ranked a a consensus wide receiver 28, and we both had him in that range. So this Mm -hmm. wasn't just me trying to pull his stock up a little bit. He finished as wide receiver 72. Dead. Dead to me. Forever yeah. now. Don't yeah. let me. You have to be, you know, the friend who like with an ex where like you have to keep me from drunk texting him in the middle of the night. That's the kind of role <laughs> I need you to play this offseason. All right. Well, I can't stop you from drunk trading if, if you want to trade for him. I, I, I'm not there 24 seven. All right. But, but if I, if I text you, Hey, just got an offer for Robbie Anderson. You have to be the first person to shut it down and say no. You have to be. All right. Fair enough. That I can do. <laughs> Anybody else you wanted to hit on this list here? Um, let's outside the top thirty-six here. We had Mike Williams uh, finishes wide receiver fourteen. Do you? Well, I know he's a free agent this year, so it kind of depends on what he does. Let's say he stays with the Chargers. Do you see him doing what he did this year? I know it's a very tale of two seasons for him, where the first half of the season he was lights out. He was like wide receiver five or something. And then the second half of the season, he got dinged up and just never looked the same. So so what are your thoughts with him? I am more in on him than I thought. Only after today, as looking some of this stuff up for the show, you know, Tale of Two Seasons is still very accurate. But I shortchanged what he did 
in the second half of the season. Because from week 10 on, so the entire second half, basically, he was still like wide receiver 18. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was buoyed by still a couple of big games. And it was right. still boomer bust. But it's not like, oh, he 100% just dropped off into nothingness. So that actually gave me a little bit of hope. If he comes back with the Chargers, as you said, then cool. I'll rank him a little bit higher than I did this past offseason. I'm not going to venture him into my top 20 still. He'll be outside of that, um, but not quite as low. If he moves on to a different team, different eh, story. I'm probably still off. I think. Okay. And let's just hit one more here. All right. How does that sound? Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, he was so far off of both of our radars. I'll admit I was out on him. Uh, came back um, finishing wide receiver 25 in points per game, uh, which is great. I mean, he was very consistent all season long in that offense that Mark Andrews is the number one pass catcher. And, and that whole offense as a whole this year was kind of took a step backwards. I felt like Lamar didn't look quite like Lamar, their backfield was decimated with injuries, but he did surprisingly well. Do you see that continuing? Do you you feel like he's kind of growing into his role and and he's kind of found himself a niche as like a low-end wide receiver too moving forward? Yeah, I think he's going to be the perpetually underrated guy a la Jarvis Landry for like his four-year stretch Mm -hmm. that he had where he was just consistent and but nobody really wanted him. I think that's what we're looking at here. And it was weird. He should have finished higher. Um, Mm -hmm. If Lamar Jackson played the entire season, he would have. When Lamar Jackson was out and then they had the backups come in, Mark Andrews got targeted like the only target. And nobody else got anything in those games. And so really, we should have been talking about a top 15 finish for Marquise Brown. And that's maybe spicy for next year. But you said with the offense, they took a step back as an offense, but as a fantasy passing attack, Mm -hmm. it was much better than we've ever Mm -hmm. seen before with Lamar Jackson. So from that perspective, I hope they keep doing what they did this year. If I'm looking at the wide receivers and if, Mm -hmm. if he drops into, you know, round six, seven, eight, as he assuredly will next year, I'm interested. Yeah. Sam, um, any other players you want to touch on here, Jake? Just one real quick. I already talked about in the drunk trade with Michael Carter and wanting to acquire him on my Dynasty Leagues. Same for Elijah Moore. Probably more with him. He, uh, I mean, more, more. it was a small sample. More, more, more. Uh, it was a small sample size, but we saw him do it with five different quarterbacks during that small sample size. So I feel like that lends it more merits. For like six weeks, he was everything. He was a top four fantasy receiver. And then injuries just zap that. And I think that's the injury discount of the of the offseason. Because people didn't get to see him finish the season. I'm not saying it's Debo, but I'm saying it's a similar situation to Debo from a couple of years. You don't get to see a player like that round out the season and people start dropping him down. So he is somebody I would try and acquire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just one last thought here on the wide receivers. Uh, it's going to be interesting this offseason when I go to start to do my my rankings for them because the wide receivers, they're so exciting. They have such a large group of young, talented wide receivers in this league with a lot of established veterans that it's going to be hard. It's going to be very nitpicky to say, here's your top 12, here's your top 24, where they're all going to land. Uh, because the league is such a passing league and there's so much talent right now with running backs. I mean, it's pretty clear. You have your top 12, you have your top 24, you know, who's going to be that, that second tier running back, uh, quarterbacks. It's, it's fairly clear who's in your top 12 tight ends. It's clear who's in your top 
three or four, uh, <laughs> Uh, even the top 12, though, I mean, it, it's it's a fairly straightforward exercise there. But with the wide receivers, oh, it's going to be fun to try to to work through this and and, and figure out how that's all going to play out next season. Agreed. And this is why, Dustin, I'm asking and I'm, I'm doing it now so that's on record so we don't forget, because, you know, I would certainly is we do the rankings, but we also build in tier breaks in our Mm -hmm. rankings this time around, at least for wide receivers, so that we have this sort of like cluster situation, because there are going to be a lot of close guys, Mm -hmm. and I think it's important to at least note that going into the season. Absolutely. I love that. Let's do it. We should do it for all positions. Yes. But yeah, I, I love it. Let's do that. All right. Well, I think that's it. We did it. Another show in the books. Look at this. Who would have thought, Dustin? Who would have thought? I know. 40 episodes or 34 episodes, whatever it is. Yeah. Who who thought here on, on a Tuesday night we'd get through wide receivers? That's great. Good good on us. <laughs> I would have taken the under on that shit. If yeah. I'm being honest, I would have taken the under. Yeah, absolutely. So for Jake Trowbridge, you can find him at, at Drake Trowbridge on Twitter, doing all of his wonderful, fun stuff out there. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. I kind of do a thing out there. You can find us at Drinking Fantasy. We're definitely doing things out there. Hit us up with any sort of trade offseason question. Uh, we're here for you. Or if you just want to chat about anything random, we'll, we'll answer any question out there for you. So please hit us up there. Give us a rate review on any sort of uh, podcast app that you can. Hit the subscribe button. Give five stars. Helps people find us. Tell your friends. Come join us. We love it all. Can I can week. I make a suggestion oh. right before you sign us off? I know you had such a good. I, I was I was case. I was I was. I was Anyway, you're at a good pace, and I'm sorry. To, you I'm ruined sorry to it. That's it. fine. Do your thing. But I think you're going to be happy about what I what I'm <laughs> suggesting here. So, listeners, what you should do is you should get a group of your friends together to listen to this show live as we broadcast out onto YouTube or Twitter, and you should get your friends to drink along with us and be in the comment section and just adding a little bit of uh, you know juice. We'll we'll throw your comments up. On the screen, we'll talk about you for our audio-only listeners. You'll still get discussed on the podcast. If you want to razz your league mates in our chat, we can even broadcast that out into the world. That's all That's I right. want to say. All right. Fair enough. I like that. So that'll do it for this week, folks. We'll wrap up our season review with the tight ends next week. Probably have some uh, Super Bowl prop bets we'll, we'll discuss as well. Uh, will be another good one. And then we'll get into some fun stuff after that, talking about more so our real hits and misses and um, paying off some uh, in-season beer bets we had going on here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to those. Uh, but don't miss next week's show because it will be good as well. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Thank you.